<laughs> Stop laughing. Help is on the way. In the meantime, you should sing a song to keep your spirits up. How about Camp Town Races? Camp Town Ladies, sing this song. Do-da, do-da. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the Comedy Central reboot of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 18, The Inhuman Torch. Ben? Yes? I have a question for you. (laughs) What would that question be, Mike? It's definitely not one I came up with in 12 seconds. Not even in... it's, It's certainly not... I'm certainly not stalling to figure out a question to ask you, my friend. There definitely was not a gap that I edited out right there while you were thinking about... <laughs> it's certainly not. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to open a mine... <laughs> no, that's dumb. Um, if you were... Okay, so let's say you have a blue flame friend. Okay, I have a blue flame friend. What would you name your blue flame friend? And what kind of adventures would you go on? I would obviously name my blue flame friend Flamio. Okay. Because, you know, getting some Avatar The Last Airbender references in there is always good. Oh, the best you could do. And Flamio and I would probably do some college style antics. Well, like what? You know, panty raids, food sure. fights. Okay. Um,. You know, all the things that Animal House really taught me good buddies do together. We would definitely have a frat at the college I'm suddenly at. Yeah, sure. And we'd just get into those sorts of... I don't, I'm not going to call them so much adventures as I'm going to call them shenanigans. Okay, shenanigans. Um, now, I have a question for you. T- continuing this, this theme of what you do with your flame friend, what would you and y- are you and your flame friend also uh, in the same major together at this college you definitely go to? Or well, do you have separate majors? I think that Flamio is probably majoring in arson and minoring in food preparation okay that makes sense i did it's it's fantastic that this college offers an arson program but you know and i don't think i'd really go to college for arson i think that's for humans i feel like that's just something you grow into naturally sure yeah totally that's a (laughs) way to describe arson you don't study it you just do it you know just (laughs) what what really is there to learn about it I'm so, sure I'm sure there are some best practices, but you know, it's it's fairly uh point and click. So clearly I'd go to college for philosophy and then in my spare time uh would be the arson. So Sure, yeah, yeah. The, first you have to think about, you know, the human condition and then you burn down a house. Well, you know, like the thing is, I went to school for art, right? And by the time I got done with school, I was like I just don't want to do art at all. It has drained all of my will to like actually do this 
And it was like, oh, you're out in the real world and you have to have like a portfolio and everything and, you know, prepare for entering the job force as a graphic designer. And I was like, cool, so Photoshop. And then I'd open it up and then 30 seconds later, I'd close Photoshop and then be like, let's do anything else. So you don't want to take the joy out of the arson. You got to keep your your job and your passions separate so that one does not destroy the other sure i get that because i have let my uh my passion and my job kind of commingle over the last 10 years and there's a little bit of joy loss so i i'm you know what i'm pretty happy for you and your arson Mm -hmm. hobby um i am very happy that i still get to record this on a weekly basis with you although i don't think that's going to continue going forward considering the discussion of arson we've been having they have to catch me first, Mike. I think they might be able to if they listen to this podcast. We only have nine more episodes of this to go, <laughs> including this one. So we just got to record those eight episodes before they catch me for the obvious crimes I'm doing. Yeah, so this is basically Ben and Mike uh, basically confess to all of their crimes that they are doing. Now, remember, that this is, this, once it goes on the internet, these things live forever. Uh, if you're a cop, you have to tell me, and that podcasts are not admissible as evidence in court. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. I feel like, first off, reading it when you're on a podcast, you you heard it because it was also on a podcast, I'm sure. Um, but I also, I, I'm not a lawyer. I want to point, point, say that real right now. But I don't think it works that way. I think podcasts are admissible in a uh, court of honor. Agree to, dis- ag- agree to disagree. Uh, you know, the honor court, as you often go to. Agree to disagree. Um, Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, let it, be say- <laughs> let it be said that Mike was dubious about the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I just picture in court, you know, they're submitting it into evidence. And then sure. my lawyer is like, objection, your honor. Podcasts are not admissible as evidence in court he literally just said so on the podcast and then the judge judge would be like sustained the jury is uh instructed to disregard the podcast evidence um and then it doesn't matter because they're all listening to their own podcasts in the jury booth uh-huh so none of it matters <laughs> no one, so no one cares ab- at all about their their patriotic duty of being on juries no they're all listening to the latest episodes of invisibilia i'm surprised you didn't go with a true crime true kind yeah no all the all the true crime aficionados got rejected from the jury because my lawyer made sure of that yeah because it's like oh this person listened to serial (laughs) you're out what my favorite murder no get out of here yeah you know too much if i ever get called into jury duty i hope they don't ask actually i kind of do hope they ask what podcasts i listen to that would be the wildest <laughs> jury selection, I think. So I listened to a show called Back to the Futurama. It's like, well, you're clearly not mature enough to be here. <laughs> get out of here. I listened to my dad wrote a porno. <laughs> get out. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> the, the defense and the prosecution both want you gone. So let's talk about season seven, episode 18. You don't want to talk more about juries? Or arson? No, I'm good. Thank you. More and more I'm thinking about it. This probably is admissible in court. So this is the first time I've heard you talk more about arson. No, thank you. 
The Inhuman Torch, season seven, <laughs> episode 18 of the hit television show Futurama. Mm-hmm. The one that I've seen. We start at Planet Express. Oh, no, wait, just kidding. It zooms out and goes all the way out to the sun where there is a solar helium mine where they've got this like space station sort Mm -hmm. of uh, orbiting the sun and has got this tunnel that goes down into the sun Mm -hmm. so people can, you know, just casually go into the sun and just mine helium from it. That seems legit. It's the future. I mean, but seriously, like we do need helium and we're using way too much of it. And Mm -hmm. so it will run out at some point. So, you know, we do need that helium. Sure. Not to not to bring this to like a downer, you know, level just like right out the gate. Uh But like we need that helium for things for like medical equipment. We need it. Absolutely. We also have other things that we're losing that we need. Such as arson. Wait. What? (laughs) I didn't think arson was going to make such a quick return. Um, More like, you know, a habitable climate. You know, if you like living, I kind of do. Uh, you know, I mean, it's hit or miss. I get to do this, which is fun. Okay, so uh, life hit or miss. Mike says, uh, "I'm looking forward to seeing that in the advertisements for you know life." Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, hold on. <laughs> Why does life need to advertise? Oh, right, the cereal. Yes, you you do need to. I forgot about the. See, mm-hmm. see there there it is. I forgot about the it's, brand. It's hit or miss. The game of life also kind of hit or miss. I actually really like the game of life. It's it's goofy I did not, as hell. I did not expect that. You don't. You no, didn't? no, no, not it's at a all. Little spinner. You go spin it, and you then, generally like really like nerd games. So yeah. I was not expecting. The classic game of life to sometimes it's 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 not sometimes it i've actually tried to find a game a better the game of life to play but i really like the game of life because it's it's um it allows you to build a story about yourself and it even though it's a slight because you're literally like i'm going to college here's all my money spend the thing i i graduated college i got a crappy job it's like i already did all of that (laughs) i don't I don't need to gamify that. But I there's a reason I play The Sims, and it's because if I play guitar for just two hours a day, I can be a rock star in about three months. That's fair. So we have two very different ideas on what constitutes a good way to life sim. <laughs> I don't know. It's just very funny that you can you can accidentally like have six children in the game. You can accidentally have six children in real life, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I understand that, but it's not as easy as spinning the dial. You have to make an action first. I'm going to start calling sex spinning the <laughs> dial. Anyways, um, they are mining helium on <laughs> the sun. Oh, man. Uh, Zap thinks that this is the moon because at night they call the sun the moon. Uh, breaking news. Zap's an idiot it is it is known uh he's uh very thirsty so he he uncollapses a collapsible cup and starts pulling levers everywhere looking for one that dispenses horchata i don't know that i've ever found a situation where pulling any lever will get me horchata you just been having pull you haven't been pulling the right levers so yeah zap uh accidentally pulls a 
lever or lever or however you want to say it where he it it retracts the tube or something it causes it all to blow up he, he he's fooling with the force field holding the mine open and then it collapses yes that's the one uh, so it it you know collapses and traps 15 miners inside i do like that it's collapsing it's like and zap's like soaking my cup i'm like you're missing the point here zap it's sort of zap's it's mo an, it's an evergreen thing to say about zap Brannigan. so 15 miners are trapped in the sun uh we're getting this all from a news story now mm-hmm. uh sunny with a chance of tragedy uh yes they may never again not see the light of day which i think is a very funny turn of phrase but very sad for those miners specifically um they do say that any attempt at rescue would be an agonizing suicide mission good news everyone leela's like oh yeah she just immediately sighs they don't need any sort of explanation there was the here's a suicide mission good news everyone and she's like i don't even need to this this the story writes itself. I've been through enough of these. I know what this is about. You know what they say about a suicide mission in the first act. You're going to go on that suicide mission right now. <laughs> Pretty much immediately after it's uh, shown up. So we get a, a, a briefing yeah. of, of the mission at hand. The miners have found safe haven in something called the Doom Chamber. And the entrance has been blocked by a fusion explosion. And now the crew has to march in through an inferno of solar plasma. This all sounds very realistic and scientific. And doable. Um, This is when Bender and Fry have concerns, uh, but the professor takes them to the sub-basement where he's like, well, I've created this fermion barrier heat exclusion ray and you'll be safe. Uh, He takes uh, Zoidberg's ice cream cone uh in a in a way that indicates he might be spraying the ice cream cone and instead sprays the entirety of zoidberg and knocks him into the the lava pit in the sub basement i'm gonna rule that that's a better action because i have to pretty much guarantee that whatever is in that gunk is probably not very edible Mm -hmm. and so you're ruining that ice cream if it works or if it doesn't and you toss it in this lava you're ruining that ice cream either way agreed if you don't have to worry about Zoidberg taste, yeah, you just you drop a a covered Zoidberg into that lava. He comes back fine, no harm, no foul. He can still eat that ice cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he doesn't come back, oh well. And yeah, it's wor- you get, sometimes you got to do the testing. You get a new Zoidberg. You get a new Zoidberg. I mean, you can. G- here's the thing: you go back to the original pr- planet and grab one of the other pieces of coral off of the Zoidberg thing, See, and it I grows was back go, up to the normal. Zoidberg. I was going to go totally different direction. All right, because let's go all the way back to the Farnsworth Parabox. Okay, you've got an alternate dimension now, right? Yeah, you can just so pull like, the, the blue one. Yeah, just get, now you've got a, a blue Did, lobster. Didn't they split? Didn't they like pull the other box through and you just they make a-, a new box, Mike? Okay. <laughs> All right. The trick though is you have to flip a coin first to verify right. and on heads you toss Zoidberg in because otherwise both Zoidbergs are now dead. But you flip a coin first. But they did not do this. Okay, you've got a point. So all Zoidbergs are dead now. All Zoidbergs are dead. Um 
or all Zoidbergs are alive, but you only know after you open the Farnsworth Parabox. It's true. I was going back to the one with Pazuzu and the the Fountain of Youth. There's a lot of Zoidberg sources. You can... (laughs) There really are a dime a dozen. There are a dime a dozen. And also, you can just jump into anywhere in the time stream and pick out a Zoidberg. Zoidberg is extremely replaceable, we've just discovered. (laughs) I'm just like of all the things one could put on a business card, extremely replaceable is like one of the worst ones. Oh, it's very bad. <laughs> I would never. I would. Here's never. my card. Extremely replaceable. Also hosts the podcast. <laughs> That's what makes me extremely replaceable. <laughs> this heat spray protects Zoidberg. Uh, it coats him in like he's totally gold. Yes, but he comes back out of the lava, and the professor's like. Hey, I guess that worked. And like, walks off eating the ice cream. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that Zoidberg basically climbs out and nonchalantly says, hell is real. So, <laughs> at the sun. Which we know because the, well, I guess that's robot hell. Mm-hmm. So there you go. At the sun, everybody is now sprayed in this yellow gold and the ship is as well. Mm-hmm. So everyone's covered in this spray. This definitely really scientific spray that mm-hmm. would actually work. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, they attempt to rescue everybody in the mine and all of the voices coming from the miners are really high because they've been inhaling helium. Right. Uh, Bender gets them to start singing Camp Town Races and it's, it's funny. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's like, uh, I mean, helium, it's good. Mm-hmm. Now, what I really love is the xenon gas because you breathe that in and then your voice gets real. Yeah, low. I, that's a better joke to me. Uh-huh. But that's not going to be in the sun. Yeah, you know, you just got to find a big ball of xenon in mm-hmm. the sky and then breathe that I- in and then be like, "What's up, baby?" Like seeing some Barry White. And Let's like, get it on. Uh huh. And then you're good, right? Because then. All the ladies are into that, probably. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, when you said Xenon in the sky, I, I had the uh, Reading Rainbow song trigger in my head. <laughs> Xenon in the sky, I can go twice as high. Okay. Take a look. It It's in a book. Reading Xenon. So, they... Yeah, thank God we finished that. That was, uh, that was really worth it. They all jump into the mine to rescue these workers. And this tunnel is just covered in like all this flamey plasma. And it's very dangerous. And, and Bender basically doesn't want any part of it. It's the it's the Bender way. It's true. He he starts uh getting he starts like going back to the ship and ter- putting out fires and he's like, finally, the final fire, the one standing between me and a nap. And g- big mood. Yes absolutely the number of the number of days i'm at work and i'm like i just need to get through the next 30 minutes and then i can go home and it's nap time yeah i know that feel Mm -hmm. it's it's very good today with some jet lag from france i had that feeling Uh uh-huh and now you're here recording a podcast this podcast is between me and a nap so draw it out as long as i can is what you're saying i'm sure the listeners would love that also, Sarah. 
eventually, if I draw it out long enough, eventually you'll just get so sleepy, you'll start saying even more stupid crap again. I say and... stupid crap without being sleepy. I'm me, Mike from Back to the Futurama. Point taken. <laughs> so they, uh, uh, yes, Bender is about to have this this nap on the other side of the fire, but he... He like he he has hoses coming out of his arm. Yeah, like extinguisher hoses. And so he goes to extinguish it, but he turns up the pressure so high that he gets pushed backwards like a jet. Mm. And then it takes him all the way to the the uh, doom chamber or whatever it was called. And he sees the miners and he's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then he doesn't care. He just jets back out mm-hmm. the other way. Uh, so put put a pin on the fact that he can fly now um, with those things. Uh, this is we also get a brief aside where Scruffy and the professor are watching the coverage of Sonny with a, tra- <laughs> a side of tragedy. Uh-huh. And Scruffy's like, what else is on? And they switch to the hypnotoad. I mean, I get Just, it. It's not as exciting as the hypnotoad. This human drama playing out in front of us. But but who wants to watch anything but the Hypnotoad? So Bender jets back to the platform, this little space station, and he opens up his compartment and there was a miner in it the whole time. And he's like, hey, how did you get in there? <laughs> Morbo's, Morbo's like, there are 14 miners not safe yet. And Bender, Bender's like, 14 <sighs> and goes back in. Uh-huh. But he mostly goes back in because everyone's like, oh, he's such a heroic mm-hmm. robot. Like, Morbo keeps calling him the heroic robot. It's true. He he does like to be a hero, as we'll see throughout this episode. Also, just that count of, like, there are 14 more miners makes me really think it's like a video game mm-hmm. where, like, Morbo pops up on the screen and he's like, there are 14 more miners and you have to go find 14 of them before time runs out or something. Like a side scroller when you're like trying to find all the like the hidden gems or uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. Um, or like uh, Tony Hawk when you're trying to get all the, the skate letters. Oh, yeah. 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 He just needs to go in with a skateboard. Yeah. Skateboard and like jets. Oh, man. That'd be rad. I wish the Tony Hawk pro skater create a skater mode was uh, in like intricate enough to make Bender in Tony Hawk's pro skater because that would rule. That would super rule. I I bet you somebody has tried on the Internet to do this. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to Google <laughs> knew- this. I'm going to Google this and see what I can find. I'm so glad I know how to get you to Google something because <laughs> that needs to be Googled. It might just be a mod for a PC version. I'll take it. If, I mean, it, if it exists, I will take it. Um, I do not see any what? images. That's hugely disappointing. Somebody make this game. They put Spider-Man in there. You can't put Bender in there? Now, wait a minute. There was uh, When did that game come out? There was a Simpsons skateboarding game. Do you remember this? Uh, vaguely. I think it came out for PS1, so it was... Uh, but Tony Hawk came out for PS1, and that was pretty good. But... Or was that... P- no, that was PS1, right? The first Tony Hawk? Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, Simpsons skateboarding was garbage. But 
It might have been in the time frame where they could have put a Bender in there. Get me Bender and Tony Hawk. This is our new Kickstarter. Get Bender and Tony Hawk, a game that hasn't happened in a long time. We can just, okay, we just need to get Tony Hawk on board. He's a big celebrity on Twitter these days. We need just need to go mm. talk to Matt Groening, and we can explain. We have a moderately successful Futurama podcast that at least wow. 10 people listen yeah. to. Moderately successful is already overstating it, but then we're once, once being accurate the, about how many people are listening to Once you're to in us. the double digits, it's a moderately successful podcast. <laughs> so, Double digits. Uh, so yeah, we just need to explain that and then sure. get the two of them together in a room. Boom. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 6 is come comes out. Mm-hmm. It's the new one. It's great. It's back to its roots of just per- like perfect controls and perfect mm-hmm. gameplay. A rockin' soundtrack. Feels good. Um, it feels phenomenal. You're back to doing shenanigans and collecting secret tapes yeah. and skate letters and also you get to play as bender the whole time if you want you have to unlock bender though he's oh, one of the of course yeah. you have to unlock it's bender. not he, you don't get that you, for free you get bob burnquist for free but you do not get bender for free <laughs> bam margera yes exactly bender, no. exactly so see we just have to make this happen and i think we have the power to make this happen we certainly have a twitter we can maybe use uh-huh Dozens of listeners, please tweet at Matt Groening and Tony Hawk. Yeah. And let's get this going. We have the power. We we have the power <laughs> is what Ben said, where I am positing we have little power, but we can attempt to use it. This is going to be, it's going to work perfectly. Um, so, um anyways uh that was a good aside i think you know it's been a while since we've been in the studio and i just want to pat ourselves on the back because that was enjoyable it was enjoyable enough i just i kind of just want to stop talking about the episode and start talking about tony hawk pro skater meets futurama i like oh oh oh, i had an idea okay (laughs) what if what if we get like tony hawk because they've been on pc i don't know Uh if the latest one is on pc but in it we mod Bender in, mm-hmm. and then we mod the Planet Express building in. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. where you're skating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and into it. You, you've got to knock over Zoidberg for the K letter or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man, this would be rad. Yes. I have no other, uh, other s- things to say, but I want to play that real bad. It would be really rad. It would be so, so good. Um. Anyways, Bender ends up going back 14 more times, saving all the miners. Uh, not on a skateboard, unfortunately. Ugh. A thing I did not realize I needed until this very day. We are visionaries. And he rescues all 15 miners. Uh, this is Bender continues to be lauded as a hero, causing Morbo to cry. He uh, says that he's got a parasite in his eye. Mm-hmm. So, back on Earth, they're having a Heroes Day celebration. The mayor is celebrating the crew that saved the heroic miners. Mayor Poopenmeyer. Of course. Um, and He always gets the full name. Always. So, Mayor Poopenmeyer Thank you. is having this celebration for Heroes Day. And he says, let's all celebrate the, 
the heroic crew, uh, but we only have one medal. So let's mostly just focus on the main guy, this guy, yeah. Bender. And it's Bender. I love the, let's just focus on the main guy. Uh-huh. It would be <laughs> super cool to show up to an event celebrating you and a team and then them being like, check out this heroic team that was super awesome and great. But forget Mike. <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's and forget the rest of them except for this one guy. Yeah. It's it's like if we got if there was a Heroes Day festival for Back to the Future drama because we are heroes and and everybody Naturally. was like, "Oh man, you guys are so great, but we only have one medal." So, "Hey Ben, you're the main guy. Let's go. Let's have fun." Let's give it to Amalthea, the cat who sometimes meows in the background. Let's that give it the to, audience loves her. Let's give it to that one disembodied robot voice that we had on for I think two episodes. Mm-hmm. Really, if anyone gets this medal, it's Tema for what you did on Jurassic Park. <laughs> let's be real. I will never live this down. I will never live this down. It's it's gonna follow me into my grave. My kids are gonna get jokes about this. Oh, absolutely! They're gonna be thirty, and you're gonna be like, <laughs> "Your dad's an idiot." I mean, yes, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I ca- I can't wait to get a phone call uh, when I'm ninety, and you're like, "Remember that time you were a you were a dumbass." <laughs> I don't know why you're Red Foreman, but you're Red Foreman now from that's yeah of course obviously i'm gonna grow up and be red foreman um i look forward to what that transition looks like (laughs) so uh the mayor is celebrating sorry mayor poopenmeyer is celebrating thank you you better gets the medal he gets a whole bunch of panties thrown at him and he's like hey this rocks look at all this free stuff uh a fire bursts out around the podium and one woman in the audience says my baby's in that podium (laughs) i have some serious questions (laughs) why is she in the crowd first off if the baby is in the podium well generally i'm just gonna throw this out here generally podiums don't spontaneously combust yes a podium is probably a a pretty safe place for a baby yes that that the reason it it combusts is a there's a plot to it in the in the episode right but i'm just saying if you've got to if you've got to store your baby somewhere during the ceremony the podium's probably a safe place i don't understand where else are you gonna put this baby mike uh hold it your hands are full because you had to have cotton candy and also a hamburger at the same time not like so i'm just shoving these into my face while i'm watching the heroes day yeah i mean it's a whole celebration they sure. should have some some like festival snack Sh- sure right yeah but at the same time i feel like if you've got a baby that uh-huh. should be like well so top you of the list you were gonna bring your your uh baby bjorn or whatever they're called sure. <laughs> you know but you forgot it at home. Uh-huh. And you didn't realize that until after you got the cotton candy and the hamburger. No. And then you're like, well, I got to put this baby somewhere. I'm, and then I'm just going to I walked onto stage. Stow it safely in the podium. Stow it safely. Like a plane. <laughs> Please Clearly, remember. Please remember to leave your babies upright and store them in the podium. Clearly, the podium won't catch fire while I'm consuming these 
various festival foods, this will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I suppose that is a reasonable scenario that I would put as an audience member and not somebody on stage or backstage to put my, like, climb on stage, put my baby in the podium, and then eat I my. I mean, you're watching the podium anyways. So if the baby, like, runs off. You can you you see it escape the podium, right? Your eyes are already in yeah, that direction. Yeah. If the baby starts running, you know you can go get it. It's surrounded <laughs> by people. It's fine. It's a podium. What's what's the what's worst? The, what's the worst that can happen to this podium? <laughs> it certainly won't catch on fire spontaneously. But then it catches on fire spontaneously. Oh no, my baby's in that podium. And Bender leaps into action he brings out his his arm mm. water hoses and just puts out the fire and everybody's like wow you're just such a hero and i, d- I do like that hermes yells for the fire department and mayor poopenmeyer's like no there's no more i had to sell it to pay for bender's metal so you know <laughs> priorities they put out the fire bender mostly puts out the ben- fire bender pretty much but- specifically mayor poopenmeyer does say these boys must have heroes in their bones and you miss must have heroin in your veins i love that pun so much so this always makes me think of way back in the day there was okay. a television show called just shoot me and had david spade sure. yeah i watched that and other people that were also not david spade and uh, the guy yeah, who plays the dad on Veronica Mars, Enrico in something. Palazzo? So he, anyways, the main female protagonist mm-hmm. is talking about uh, some book. And she's like, oh, the heroine is just great. And someone overhears and they think she's on drugs. And so every time that that heroine, like the drug and heroine, the like female hero sure pun gets played i always think about that one episode of just shoot me despite the fact that i only really remember three episodes of just shoot me (laughs) how many episodes just shoot me run uh more than three well i am uh, a little dubious on that point (laughs) i don't know i feel like it was only on uh syndication after i got home from school on fox (laughs) before they played what i actually wanted to watch the simpsons hey that's probably exactly why i also watched (laughs) just shoot me it ran for six years yeah that's way more than 148 episodes and if you know your math, 148 is more than three. Therefore, I am technically correct. It's the best true. kind of correct. The, the things that run for so long, that's wild number. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had David Spade and yeah. the dad from Veronica Mars and the woman who played Nina, who I can never remember what her name is, but she's in a lot of things. Wendy Malick. I'm looking yeah, at... she's I'm, in a lot I of things. I Googled it. Um, n- uh, yeah. But at the same time, like, Community had good people in it, and it did, barely ran for six years. It 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 killed Yahoo Screen. <laughs> Sorry, we'll get to that. It brought Yahoo Screen into existence and killed it all at the same time. So... I will always thank Yahoo Screen. Anyways, just shoot me. It was a show. So, the... Back to Just Shoot Me, the new podcast from the Back to the Futurama Boys. 
the... <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to laugh about that for a bit. And we do doing it forever. 148 episodes. <laughs> I don't even know where one would watch Just Shoot Me in the year 2019. Um, so oh my God. Mayor Poopenmeyer. It is available on uh, on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. So clearly that's our next big thing. Oh, so uh, I what else would we even do? There are only two television shows and Futurama and Just Shoot. Well, three because of Simpsons, but I just don't want to do that many episodes. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be doing that <laughs> podcast until I die. So because they haven't stopped yet. Uh huh. And I don't want to do the thirty-third season of the Simpsons because it's bad. So the mayor Poopenmeyer, <sighs> uh, because as as you pointed out. He had to sell off the fire department Mm -hmm. to get Bender's medal. Sure. And so he's like, wow, you know, you guys are so great at fighting fires. You're the new fire department, which Uh, is an interesting mayoral privilege to be able to be like, your package delivery company now fights fires for the city. I mean, I imagine that's a pretty good uh, contract to have. I mean, I don't know. You might get sold off for a medal at any time. It's true. I want to know who buys fire departments. Bender, of course, gets handed this firefighter's axe. And so he's mm-hmm. like, bite my shiny metal axe. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, at Planet Express, they've christened it Warp Engine Company Number 1. And they've painted the ship a bright fire engine red. And they've painted Nibbler a bright Dalmatian white with black spots. It's very, it's honestly a funny little gag. And Zoidberg is like, check out these new great poles. They're going to be perfect for my erotic dancing. Uh, The professor says, quit turning everyone on and go polish your nozzle. Uh, I don't think those two are mutually exclusive. I agree. At that point. Uh, an alarm goes off and Fry's like, did they just, what is that? Did they just select a new Pope? <laughs> and the professor says, no, good news, everyone. Someone's house is on fire. And they all cheer. And then we get a firefighting montage. We do. One one of them is at a vampire bank. <laughs> yes. Uh, can that, we talk about the vampire y- bank? Yes, we can absolutely do so. I feel like the easy joke is to be like, the vampires would run a blood bank. But this is very clearly a bank with money in it. Yes. they Money end up giving and a- safety deposit boxes. Yes. And it's a normal bank that just happens to be run by vampires. It is a bank that is above board and mm-hmm. is FDIC insured. Mm-hmm. So it just happens to be run by vampires. Yeah. It, it, I, I, I honestly don't know why we're calling it a vampire bank. It is just a bank. How hmm? does the vampire society get into banking by the year 3012? Well, you know, everybody needs money. You know, as I'm, you I'm told that, yes. Um, so va- some vampire is like, hey, I know how to get money. If I open a bank... Mm-hmm. And then I only work with vampires at first because, you know, you're a vampire, you trust other vampires. Just how it works. So you start with vampires and then you amass a banking empire. Okay. And then you start opening it up to everybody because, I mean, at this point, now, who see, doesn't want to go to the vampire bank? I think you're onto something here because 
Okay, so you're a vampire, right? Uh, you, sure. You, I, you I, I'm going to put myself in the vampiric shoes. You can't go out in the daytime. It's true. Banks are only open until 5 p.m. There you go. You're seeing where I'm you coming can, from. You can only bank from like 4.30 to 5 p.m. on the winter solstice. Right. That's it. That's what you got. Because... But you need more banks, more you need, times. You need more time at the bank. You show up and there's a line. All the vampires in the neighborhood are trying to get their banking done at yeah. 4.37 on uh, December 21st, right? Exactly. You you got to have a bank that is open and more convenient to your hours. Okay. I think we've, I think we've solved this one. Usually we're just all about jokes, but today we've figured we've, out this mystery. We've figured out the the schematic and uh market advantage of a vampire bank and honestly i want to be in i want to get a vampire bank also the vampire bank is called count bankula vampire bank which i really love okay so i my previous why are we calling it a vampire bank they're calling it a vampire they're doubling down on it it's count bankula vampire bank it seems like a good mascot though uh, I wonder what your your uh, your sign up bonus is when you when you join the Vampire Bank, because you know sometimes you get a toaster, sometimes mm-hmm. they give you like five hundred bucks if you hold enough money in your account for mm-hmm. a while. What kind of what kind of be- what kind of benefit am I getting from the Vampire Bank other than the unorthodox but highly available hours? Really good cape. Ooh. So how much money do I have to hold in my account to get that real good cape? Minimum balance three hundred dollars for three months. I could do that. So, I gotta know the location of this bank. So Bender, uh, yes, he does save all the money from this vampire bank. He's literally tossing it down onto the the, um, Tr- like trampoline thing. Yeah, it's not really. I mean, I don't know what it's called. This is a thing they catch people in. You know, it's the <laughs> it's the thing. It's the like trampoline net thing. So the fire net, the fire. Yeah. Safe so they dirt. they catch all the money and hand it back to the rich people. Um, and also at one point, Bender puts out a very small trash can fire in Robot Hell. Um, which th- there's a newspaper that spins up on the screen and says heroic robot to puts out ironic fire so back at planet express fry is really exhausted because firefighting it turns out is really hard work it really is uh they real they start realizing that there's been a lot of fires recently um and then they kind of look at a map it's like wait they're all near places bender likes to go right like um you know bender was just depositing uh some metals in his Mm -hmm. safety deposit box at the vampire bank and then it caught fire. How weird. It's weird, yeah. Um, or I don't remember all the other stuff. They list off a bunch of places Bender went and then like a fire near a happened. strip club, yeah, yeah. And the robot hell and stuff like and that. And then just then Bender calls up because they're like, No, well, I mean, he does he does yeah. really love this heroicism thing. Yeah. Like and, and and then he calls up with two fembots. I, I before before he calls up, Fry does uh, start to defend Bender. Like he would never burn something down to get attention. Insurance money, yes. Revenge, you bet. Give an autumn night a chestnutty smell, absolutely. But not for fame, women, or thrills. And then he calls up, and he's he's talking about his fame and how he's a thrill, and also he's got the two fembots, mm-hmm. one in each arm, and he is like, so I'm I figured, you know, like. Since we're a firehouse now, we should make some firehouse chili. Y'all want some beans in that or just like the usual blood? 
I think I'm going to want some beans in that. Yeah, it really evens out the blood. It's true. So that's that's how my chili works. Beans this and is blood. Why, this is why I'm can only win second place, regardless how many people are in it. We, my, so Mike and I really did do <laughs> a a chili competition. Yeah, uh, we decided that the winner would be Chili Jeff and the loser would be Chili Geoff. And I don't remember why now, but that's not the point. The it's point not, is, I'm Chili good. Jeff and I'm Chili Geoff. Anyways, so uh, at that point. The the meat market behind him just catches fire all of a mm-hmm. sudden. He jumps in to save the day. Uh, and tells well, he the- also he's also like, oh man, this meat market that I'm at right now just happened to catch fire. Like he says it really not convincingly. Right. He also tells, uh, this is a one hero fire. You guys don't have to worry about it. And uh, after uh, Leela has hit the fire alarm button, she si- she hits the forget about it button. I wish I had a forget about it button. I feel like in my brain I do because I forget about things too too quickly. And the things that I don't want to forget about, I forget about all sorts of things I probably shouldn't be. And then I remember something that somebody said to me when I was 10 while I'm trying to sleep. Uh-huh. Thanks, brain. So... Uh, Bender puts out the fire himself. He saves Hattie McDougal, who was there just buying some meat. And mm-hmm. she explains how the place just suddenly caught fire. And then Bender saved her. Mm-hmm. And so after all of this, you know, Bender gets all this adoration that he so desperately craves. He comes back to Planet Express and they are all waiting for him to have an intervention mm-hmm. about how he keeps setting these fires. Uh, he initially denies it, but Hermes Hermes kicks him out of the squad. Yep. And, and Fry doesn't know if he can support Bender given all, that the fires are in a perfect shape. Mm-hmm. He doesn't... He's not... Oh, Fry. So I do want to point out that while Bender's cleaning out his locker, he does have a copy of Gort's Illustrated, which I found just really funny for some stupid reason. <laughs> I kind of like it too. Uh, so as Bender is cleaning out his locker, uh, he's being like, man, well, I, I can't believe people think that I'm setting the fires. I'm the world's greatest firefighter. And as he does that, this uh, blue flame comes out of his compartment and it's sort of moving all around, mm-hmm. like yeah, climbing ben- up his body. And- yeah, Bender's trying to put it out, but it kind of avoids it. And then uh, this blue flame lands on the bench and explains that it is actually a flame being from the sun. Uh, Pure solar energy. It Uh-huh. And uh, thank you for bringing me to your very flammable planet, it says. And... It's a weird race that exists in the sun's photosphere. It was imprisoned after trying to overthrow the democratically elected alderman. I really love how... (laughs) This flame being just comes out of nowhere and then is like, here's my whole backstory about trying to overthrow an alderman. It's such a wild backstory. It's so fantastic. Uh, Bender tries to extinguish this flame, but it escapes and... Then he chases it all the way down to the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bender n- end up, ends up naming him Flamo, or flaming uh, naming the flame Flamo. Flamo says, "If I can't rule the sun, I'll set the earth aflame and rule that." As its alderman, <laughs> <The> supreme <laughs> alderman. So, 
just I love I love how desperate this flame is to be an alderman. Uh, I feel like I feel like it's flame guidance counselor once explained how uh, one day it could be an alderman if it just had the right uh, good enough grades and then flunked out of college and then it's just like but my dream was to be an alderman and I'm going to I'm going to burn the sun. Yeah, we basically we find out that because this lava pit goes all the way down to the Earth's Mm -hmm. core, it's a very easy entrance for Flamo to jump in and burn the whole thing, burn everything down. But Bender manages to jump down, even though the tiny umbrella from his drink does not slow the fall somehow. Surprising. Uh, Bender does fail to stop it, uh, to extinguish it but does use the straw from the drink to suck Flamo up into his compartment. And then he's like, I'm going to take you somewhere where you can't burn anything. And then he is, uh, Bender is rowing in the Arctic ocean and Flamo sets the boat aflame and they kind of climb onto an iceberg together. And now Bender knows I've saved the world, but no one will ever know. And a single tear appears and freezes on his and his uh, eye. Actually, what is that? The like eye surrounding thing, like the the, the sort of protrusion. Yeah, that I don't know if it really has a name. I'm gonna go with the eye protrusion metal lip. The eye protrusion metal lip. <laughs> the I P M L. Okay. The E P M L. I said I. You did. <laughs> So I'm good at this. Back at the this is this is what you want me to do. Back at the robot arms apartments, a bat flies in the window. It turns out it's a vampire who was from the vampire bank. <laughs> from the vampire bank, and shows up with a delivery with with the remains of what was in Bender's safe deposit box, which I feel like is not really how a bank would do it. No, because not I feel in the slightest. Like, I feel like every time I've seen a safe deposit box in tv shows it's always something really like secretive that you wouldn't want anybody to see ever Mm -hmm. and so just showing up and be like sup your roommate disappeared here's his stuff from the safe deposit box see ya yeah that's true it's always like in other tv shows it's you got to go in with two keys and two Uh like it's a whole thing and the guy will like turn his back so he doesn't know what it Uh is like i also feel like that's like i feel like there's a middle section where what actually is the safety deposit box it's like i'd like to get my box my box please and they hand it to you and you open it it's not even locked or whatever i've never had a safety deposit box i mean i know i think we should get some safety deposit boxes and put some documents in there just to see how it all works for this podcast yeah it's investigative journalism for back to the futurama anyways the contents was uh the melted metal that he got um and so fry is like well that means bender couldn't have set the fire mm-hmm. uh, we go back to the iceberg in the arctic uh bender is building an igloo and uh the flamo is saying you know eventually at some point something flammable is going to show up and then it's over polar bear could walk by then boom bender's like polar bears don't burn i've tried many times and at that point fry shows up in this bright fire rent fire engine red planet express mm-hmm. ship and he says, Bender, I found you. 
It was with this Find My Robot app. Was it 99 cents? It was free, but it does have ads. That's reasonable. That's such a weird exchange, but I kind of love it. It's so nonchalant and actually real. It really is, because like... Like, we could have that same conversation about Pocket Cast now that it's free. By the way, you should be using Pocket Cast. It's my favorite podcast app. Uh Uh-huh. I use Podcast Addict, but that's fine. Hey, it takes many people. Uh, Sorry, it takes all kinds. Anyways, I like Pocket Cast. It's, it is what it is. They sort of make up, but uh, when Bender explains what all the fires, mm-hmm. what all the fires actually were, which is this flame being from the sun mm-hmm. who's been going around doing this, uh, and opens up his compartment even to show Fry. Fry's like, "That's just your pilot light, man. You are like kind of losing it." I thought I trusted you and then takes off without Bender. He does throw the metal at the igloo and it like destroys it. The entire thing. So pretty good throw Mm -hmm. or really crappy igloo. Could be both. Why not both? So we find out that the flame creature hitched a ride with Fry and it just settles right into some oily rags that are stored right there on the landing area. I, I, I really like the poetic justice of Fry walking and being like, liar, liar, pants on fire. And then Flamo is on Fry's pants. It's very good. Back in the Arctic, Bender has built this huge like palace out of ice. Yes. It's pretty cool looking. Yeah. Uh, and and it's like, I'm real good at this, huh, Flamo? And looks in his compartment, and Flamo's gone, and then Bender realizes what has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at Plane Express, everyone is sleeping uh, when a fire alarm triggers. Where's the fire? It's, it's here. here. Like, literally right here. Yeah, the Planet Express is on fire. So they hop in the Planet Express ship, do a really weird uh, 180, <laughs> and then get ready to fight the fire. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's cl- caused by Flamo, so the flame avoids the water a little bit because mm-hmm. can be fluid about it. And yeah, so they're not really able to put thing put it out, but they're like, well, at least everybody got out safe. Fry wasn't, and he's hanging from the widow's walk. I literally laughed when I like I was laughing about twenty minutes ago, and I like couldn't I had to contain it because I knew this moment was coming. And I, I just wanted to talk about the widow's walk. I love I love the fact that they gave me a reason to talk about the wi- wi- widow's walk. We are so stupid. So, um, <laughs> but it's so good, right? Somebody in the fan group did say they really loved the widow's walk drop, though. So you know, <laughs> it's very good. It's very enjoyable. Uh, I I want to see another podcast that has a a, a, a music <laughs> drop about an architectural thing in a on a on a building. Like a widow's walk. So, yeah, Hermes is like, it's like the flame has a mind of its own. And at that point, Bender rockets back from the Arctic using his uh, water hose jet propulsion system. Yeah, he's like Iron Man now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he'd probably say, I'm 40% iron. He, he probably would, actually. Yeah. I do I do want to point out they try to get the ladder to him to fry, uh, but it melts. And then Amy's like, don't worry, Fry. It's all all right. What kind of coffin would you like? So Bender flies into Planet Express. He pulls Fry back up. And then 
Uh, they sort of have some words for a moment. Fry continually rejects being saved by Bender. And Bender doesn't have any of it, so he picks Fry up, but then the floor collapses, and they go through several floors of Planet Express. Including Farnsworth Lanes. Which I love. I love that there's a bowling alley hanging out mm-hmm. there that we've just never seen before. Never seen before, and probably will never see ever again. So... They crash down into the basement and Fry says some mean things and walks off and Bender's like, I guess some grown men just don't like being carried. I don't know. You know, sometimes you just, you want to just be be held. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a big man. You'd have to find somebody who could really carry you. But, you know, maybe we could get Shaq. Shaq oh, could Shaq show would carry up me, yeah. And just, Shaq, if you're listening, just come on by. Just, just pick Mike up and, you know, just give him a quick... Uh, you know walk around the block and just 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 long enough to you know put him to sleep and And just and just give me the most tender kiss on the forehead please Mm -hmm. sometimes that's all we want it's 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 about comfort Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just need the comfort so uh flamo jumps into the lava and then bender jumps in after it and at that point we get sort of a the weirdest deus ex machina (laughs) ever it's very good because Fry sees Bender jump into the into the the pit, and then uh, two sun creatures appear, um, and and to, and Fry and Fry's there, and they're like, "We are the Aldermen of the Sun, the Mystic Aldermen of the Sun." Oh, I miss the Mystic. That's such uh-huh. a weird way to describe yourself. Um, and it's like, stand back, and Fry's like, "Okay." And so then Bender emerges out with Flamo, and they're just like, cool, thanks, and take Flamo. They also indicate that Bender is the greatest hero in Earth's history. And Bender says, suck it, Gilgamesh. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love the immediate payoff of when the Planet Express crew comes in and they see Fry's okay. They're like, praise Gilgamesh. (laughs) It's very good. It's, it's, it's pretty wonderful. Uh, it, man, uh, this is when Fry finally realizes that Bender's stories were true, and and Bender's like, no one will ever believe me. It's like Fry. Fry says, "I'll vouch for you. People will believe me." And he's just like, "Nah," because like, if you tell them, they just they won't believe either of us. Yeah, they'll still blame Bender to that he blamed uh, that he caused the fires. So the last scene is uh, back in the conference room at Planet mm-hmm. Express. Uh, Fry is being like, nope, I caused that fire. I guess a welding torch is no way to catch a rat. I love the story about it's a, that. It's a good cover. It's a very good cover because it is definitely something Fry would do. So at that point, Bender comes in and he's like, whoa, this place looked like it burned down. I was totally somewhere else. I, I do like that Hermes y- yells, it'll come out of your pay. And... uh so it, it ends with, um, they start slapping each other for some reason yeah. that I don't remember and, now. And, yeah, I don't remember either. But they are, uh, they're bathed in the light of the Alderman from the sun. The mystic Alderman from the sun. And really, that's all we want in life. We want to be carried around by Shaq, and we want to be bathed in the mystic light from the mystic Alderman of the sun. I kind of love it. Those are the only two things we all want but we're not asking for too much just two things actually it turns out there's a third thing i want and that is great i i thought this is a goofy little funny little episode it kind of 
it it it, it has some stakes at the end with fry kind of being in danger but it's it's mostly just it feels goofy and ridiculous and it creates this character of flamo that kind of is like almost the brain-esque okay you know like is Mm -hmm. i think it's got the same voice and i think that's why i'm there because it's probably um maurice uh, lamarche yeah Mm -hmm. it's definitely him and it feels orson wellesy and and the fact that it's just like this flame really wants to be an alderman is very funny (laughs) to me and i don't Uh know why um it's you know it's 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 a bit of a romp and it's kind of fun and i i don't know i i kind of like those episodes so i i i don't it's 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 goofy i i i it's hard to say anything bad about a goofy episode for me i don't i don't think there's really anything too terribly wrong with it so i i don't know i I thought it was pretty good i'll give it a b plus okay um yeah so i would have to say that this episode is kind of dumb but it's also very enjoyable okay um like like this episode of the podcast maybe um arguably uh maybe (laughs) arguably maybe so um yes also i double checked flamo is voiced by maurice lamarche all right so i nailed it um but no it's it's dumb but it is enjoyable like futurama i i i know i've said it a million times at this point but i like it best when it's got heart and when it's being very clever this is not really doing either of those things <laughs> and yet i feel like the jokes in it are still very good mm-hmm. um i laughed quite a bit in this episode and in talking with you here today i uh after watching it i'm like yeah no actually it was pretty funny it's really weird it's got a couple of you know like the dss deus ex machina at the end and and sort of the the pacings maybe a little bit off but i enjoyed it i would definitely watch this one again um i'm gonna give it a solid b i would say it's it's good um it's not not great but pretty good i I just really like the left turn of something that's reasonably futurama and then just like Here's a weird flame monster, and the the way it's solved is two different other flame monsters who are aldermen. <laughs> I I think this is the most I've ever heard the word aldermen in a television show ever. Yes, so, agreed. I and I and probably a podcast. Uh, so we want to know what you think about this episode about the mystic alderman of the sun mm-hmm. about Bender in a Tony Hawk game, uh, about uh the popular six season long television (laughs) show just shoot me uh featuring david spade and other people whose name wendy malik wendy malik uh she's a treasure i actually really like her in a lot of things uh what we want to know what you think about our new uh new podcast venture uh just shoot ben and mike about (laughs) the show about (laughs) just shoot me uh maybe that's working title working title working title uh we want to know all these things and more you can contact us at back to the futurama podcast at gmail.com you can tweet at us at back to futurama you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash back to futurama we are on apple Podcasts and spotify so find us there rate us review us and subscribe and send to your friends and you know what let's all try to get that final hidden tape on warehouse and of course we've got our 
lovely fan club uh, brought to you by superfan Laura. Uh, League of Jeremy's, Back to the Futurama something. Just look up League of Jeremy's. Yeah, once you find League of Jeremy's, it'll be fine. It's, there's probably the only League of Jeremy's on the entirety of Facebook. Um, <laughs> Hopefully there's not a competing League of Jeremy's fan page that somebody else is doing. And of course, uh, Patreon. If you feel like this was worth your money for some reason, uh, you can pledge some money to us at patreon.com slash back to Futurama. But if you don't want to pledge money, we get it. We've, we've we totally get it. We've listened to back to this podcast. It's you don't have to. <laughs> we love you all the same. Mike is jet lagged and I am a hard cider in. So, <laughs> you know, it is. We, we are we are nothing but professionals. Uh, and until next time, when we come back as professionals, <laughs> we are ch- we'll, we will double our professionalism. I'm Chili Jeff. <laughs> And I'm Chili Geoff. Goodbye, Goodbye from, from the, the world, world of tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs>